Connor is actually uh, alive and thriving among the living. Yes. Nominated for an Emmy, so that's why he's not here. Um, to, be, to be clear, not for his work on this show. <laughs> that's correct. Yeah, for, to be clear. That's coming, though. Right, yeah, sure it is. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Happy Halloween, and welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. I'm Connor Rogers alongside, I think, Matthew Berry and Jay Croucher. There's a lot to unpack here at the start of today's show. Hey, it's me, I'm Luigi. I'm a Luigi. Get used to this. I'm a company of man. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Super Mario Brothers, a bigger hit for Universal. A fantasy life. Yeah, huh? yeah. yeah. Sure. That's Absolutely. me. It's oh, a me, Epa Mario. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All about the Luigi. Yes. Hello. Uh, and what are we doing today? Huh? What are we doing today? Oh, we are doing a wave of wire. The wave yeah. of wire. Yeah, there we go. We are All going right. to the wire. We uh, we cooking up some waivers, and uh, we got uh, we got a spooky game from last <laughs> night. Oh, it's so scary. <laughs> It's going to be tough talking so, about um, Jahan Dotson. I'm back in the Emmys. I really uh, picked the wrong show to miss, clearly. Yes. Ah. So, Connor, uh, you didn't win the Emmy. That's not my Emmy. Let's just make who, who won? Who won the Emmy? Uh, Todd Zeal yeah, from so. my colleague at SMY. <laughs> Todd Zeal from Mets postgame. Uh, does an incredible job on Mets postgame. He beat a, a loaded field. I mean, a loaded field in terms of analysts. And... Uh, <laughs> Because of that, I believe you are Todd Zeal from SMY for Halloween. That's correct. I'm the man who beat you. You, you, is, you get the Emmy, the Emmy, not me. That, that I won. So yes. uh, if anyone needs any questions asked, answered on the show by an Emmy, yeah. Man, please. Um, yeah, you know what? The <laughs> F you, Todd Zeal. Yeah. F oh, you. Yeah, yeah. F you. You were should have won of this. Yeah, you were should have won of this. Yeah. Yeah, maybe next year. Read between the lines, Todd Zeal. Oh, my goodness. I'll give you guys, I don't know, maybe a steak dinner if you can guess who I am. I'm not a generic coach, by the way. No. I'm a very important coach in Jets history. In Jets history, yeah. See, I didn't see the mic on the side. I thought you were... Yeah, I got the headset on. Oh, yeah. Come on, Luigi, spit it out. Yeah, I don't know. The man genius? Oh, man, I wish I could pull off the man genius. Oh, he a man genius, my God. This is Rich Kotite. Rich Kotite. Rich Kotite won one game in his final year with the Jets. He also notoriously drafted Kyle Brady over Warren Sapp while all of Radio City was chanting... We want sap. So oh. uh, to honor the that worst did coach. did not to work out. Yes, the, it did not work out. Uh, the, <laughs> wor- the worst coach in Jets history, I am Rich Kotite, because that is the scariest thing a Jets fan could see on Halloween. Oh. That's right. Yeah, yeah not, there we go. I'm going to need a screen grab of this at some yeah, point. Not this, a is, bad. this is not Miami. Let's make clear yeah. of this. <laughs> Yeah, that's unreal. Yeah, that's we need uh, we need some water on you to make it look more real. Yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Listen, we do yeah. have. Uh, this is a real Emmy, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah. Heavy, yeah. Heavy it was heavy. Yeah. I'm not sure if the sports ones felt that heavy <laughs> yeah. yesterday. I wouldn't know. I didn't get to touch one. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we should steal it from Todd Z. I, I can. I yeah. guess it's laying around SMY somewhere. Maybe yeah. the next Jets pregame. We had a lot to do today. Waiver wired, of course. We'll yeah. do a Monday Night Football recap from the Lions' offense. Mostly, we'll talk about the Raiders' mm. situation too and are back to the futures as well. So mm. let's jump right into waiver wired, starting with the notable wide receivers on the bye for week nine. And this is a pretty good group here with Denver, Cortland Sutton, Jerry, Judy, Detroit, Ride or Die, Ride or Die, uh, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Jacksonville, Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, San Francisco. We know Debo Samuel's hurt, but Brandon Ayuk, a big one as well. Yeah, Jerry, Judy, always on a bye. 
<laughs> no difference this a week. You understand? Yeah. Yeah, but uh, the Ayuk and the Amon Ra, they, uh, those are bigger names. Uh. Those are bigger names. All right. So, uh, uh, <laughs> reminder, the trade... Well, four the minutes trade, in and I'm already sick of this. Yeah, Jay, <laughs> Jay prefaced on the production call today that he will be very tired of this by about the four to six minute mark. Uh, of the under hit. The under, the under <laughs> yeah, smashed. Yeah, the under yeah, at uh, yeah. minus 200. Absolutely. Yeah, taking home some prizes. So yeah. the trade That's deadline. That's a feature, not a bug. <laughs> understand. The trade you deadline. You're getting sick of this. This is a feature, not a bug. 4 p.m. Eastern today. So keep an eye on everything from the trade deadline, and we will jump into that because, of course, we will be back tomorrow mm. at noon Eastern. But let's start with the waiver wire ad of the week at wide receiver, and that is Commander's wide receiver Jahan Dotson. Now, a caveat here, only available in 49% of leagues. Our standard is 10 Typically, Luigi, 50%. Mm. But Jahan Dotson could be out there in your league. He's coming off a week eight against Philly where he caught eight passes for over 100 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, a lot of time he is saying, eh, somehow a look at me, a look at me. And he's getting a lot of that, right? 18 targets of the past two games. 10 last week. Oh, he's a good, talented guy, this is Jahan Dotson. And what's this exciting to a me, to a Luigi? 70% of his receptions over the last two games have come in the slot. In the slot. You understand? And so when you think about this, a matchup with the Patriots. Oh, the New England, the Patriots, and the middle of Belichick. Is Luisa right. or a character on the wire? I don't know. Just to go with it. Anyway, over the last four weeks, the Patriots uh, have ranked bottom ten in terms of most fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. <laughs> <laughs> well, Luigi made yep. Stringer Bell talking ah, about uh, I'm a killer you. Uh, how about that? <laughs> uh, how about uh, this? Anyway, uh, yeah, give it some of Jahan Dotson. Yeah, all right. Okay. I think he'll uh, have a successor against uh, Bill Belichick. Okay. Good things for Jahan Dotson going forward, right, Jay? <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess. I guess <laughs> yeah, so. We could, we could, yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, and interested in your thoughts, Connor, about Sam Howe's performance against the Eagles because I thought he was uh, phenomenal until the last couple of throws that he really butchered on the third and fourth down. But the big thing was he didn't take any sacks. Yes. And if he's not going to take any sacks, then all of a sudden this offense looks completely different. He played faster. And, and that's all you could ask for from a young quarterback, right? When you look at Sam Howell, you just want him to get the ball out quicker, utilize targets that they've invested a lot of resources in, like Jahan Dotson. And the Eagles' corners have been vulnerable this, uh, this year, so it's good to see him take advantage of that. And Sam Howell has played up to the competition against Philly twice now, which says a lot about his character as well. Let's also just see who's on this Washington team, your commanders, uh, in five hours, because they've just traded Montez Sweat to the Bears. Uh, great deal for a guy who's leaving anyway. I'm not sure why the Bears are giving up a second-round pick it's, for a guy who's going to It's a great deal. It's a great deal. Honestly. It could be pick 33. Yeah, that's a very exciting. I, I love the deal. Washington should be a, in sell mode. You understand? Yeah, I do understand. Yeah. 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 yeah just to, here, what do you, what do you <laughs> want? Because you know we got reminds it. Me of? So, mm. I don't, have you ever seen the movie The Devil's Advocate with Keanu Reeves and Al Pacino? Because the first half of the many, movie, Keanu, many years ago. Keanu does a southern accent for the first half, and it's terrible. <laughs> and then the second half, he just bails, yeah. and he's like, no, nah, I can't do it. I'm just Keanu now. The second half of the movie, I'm Keanu. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That uh, may have happened today. <laughs> that may have happened today. Yeah. Okay. We'll see how far we go. So far, yeah. we're all the way through. We're going to get through segment one. It's harder to do the analysis in the, in the voice. You yeah, you got through one player. Let's see how yeah. the second one goes. Jay here. Go to Jay. Patriots wide receiver, Demario Douglas, Pop Douglas. To that, to that uh, a-hole, yeah. John Todd <laughs> 97% available. He's got the commander secondary this week, and the reason Pop Douglas shows up on this because Kendrick Bourne most likely out for the season with the torn ACL. Seems like he's done, and Pop Douglas is getting a little bit more work in any case. I mean, he had seven targets against the Dolphins. Uh, he's trending up in that offense. They're just looking for 
any kind of burst that they can get. And Mac Jones has, I mean, he hasn't been fantastic, but he has been more usable the past two weeks. So I just think any wide receiver one in an NFL offense has to be rostered, and it looks like that's what Demario Douglas is now, Luigi. Kendrick Bourne has been, uh, has been a good the last couple of weeks. And now, as you mentioned, he had... He is not going to play this week. He's gone for the year, unfortunately. Sad, Luigi. But uh, Devontae Parker, also in the concussion protocol, as you have mentioned. So, yes, Demario Douglas, number one wide receiver, 25% a target share last week. And you think about my commanders, who just gave up Montez Sweat, and honestly just give up a lot of things, including yards to opposing wide receivers, right? Uh, the second most for a game. So, uh, so yeah, I like a Demario Douglas this a week and a going future because uh, Patriots in a, you know, uh, let's see what we got to mode. Okay. All right. <laughs> I don't know it's in Luigi and out. It's so. an in and out. It's hard to talk for a long time, but you understand that. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll help you out then. The next one here, okay. Brandon Cooks. He's got the Eagles secondary that we just talked about. He's available in almost 60% of <laughs> leagues. Uh, last week against the Rams, three catches, 49 yards. Most importantly, that touchdown. But you have to like the matchups ahead. The Eagles, the Giants at Carolina, and then they have the Commanders on Thanksgiving here, Luigi. So Brandon Cooks, somebody that, once again, he is available in almost 60% of leagues, and you know he's going to be involved in this Dallas passing attack. You know what Luigi likes to do? He likes to a cook. And so you got to Brandon Cooks, and it makes – I can't do it anymore. All right, <laughs> I'm going to bail on this. All right, and so, anyway, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Thanks. I'm going to go. America minutes, thanks you. Nine minutes yes. and 30 seconds. I – Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go full Keanu, and so I'm just going to go in and out of it. That's, that's the right that's strategy. What do. So I'm going to go in and out of it with no rhyme or reason throughout the entire yeah, show. Turns out it was a phenomenal 5 out of 10 movie <laughs> in 1997. Isn't, uh, and is Al Pacino in that? Yeah, Al Pacino it, plays the devil. Right, exactly, yeah. yeah. Another amazing I remember, I remember hating that so movie. started just yelling at I saw it when it was in the theaters. I remember hating Charlie's it. Charlie's the wrong. All right, uh, she was great in it. Um, uh, okay. What? It depends, what it depends when you're a young man and what you're looking for in out of a movie. I'll just say that. All right. Here, with Brandon Cooks, the positives here, he scored in two of the last three games. He leads all wide receiver in yards per target. And it does feel like this Cowboys offense is getting back on track. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, again, we got to unleash the running game here. But Dak, you know, and you know I'm not the biggest Dak fan in the world, but Dak legitimately have looked, has looked really good the last couple of weeks. Feels like the passing offense is finally coming out. And the success of CeeDee Lamb opens up everything for all these guys. So, again, he's third on the list. He's available. But you like his chances against the Eagles, Giants, Panthers, Washington. Those are the next four for the Cowboys. It's a really nice stretch for the passing game of the Cowboys, of which Brandon Cooks is a part of. Yep. And Connor, while you were out yesterday um, losing Emmys, uh, we know we talked Emmy. about... Emmy. I lost once. <laughs> okay, just one. There's more to come. But you were nominated for the other awards, <laughs> yes. in fairness. Yeah, yeah I was. I mean, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I just mean, lost just once. Right. You, yeah. uh, I mean, in I'm theory, a loser, like, but only one time. <laughs> yes. In many ways. I mean, like, there are many awards in which you did not win. And yeah, that's a person who did I not win. I can't be nominated for play-by-play. Play. Uh, I understand, but I'm just saying... To, to be fair, it's not like Connor lost like best supporting actor to Heath Ledger yeah. at the Oscars right, with right, the Joker. Yeah, yeah he didn't right. lose that no, necessarily. No, no, he just he lost to Todd F and Zeal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'd be phenomenal if Todd watches the show. Yeah, just sitting exactly. back, just one peacock. Yeah. Like, what the hell is going yeah. on? Yeah, yeah. When, How did I get roped into this? When, when Todd goes into the uh, when Todd Zeal goes into the <laughs> Broadcasting Hall of Fame, what do you, I mean, because he's a, he only played I think three years with the Mets. 
He played like five <laughs> or six with the Cardinals. Right. He, there was a Phillies year in there. It was a Yankees year he in there. He had a long a, career. Long career. Yes. Who does he go in as? You know, we go into the, and when he goes into the Broadcasting Hall of Fame, all the Emmys that he's won over oh, you. With the, Met, uh, with Mets the, the Mets and Mets. Yeah, the okay. Mets affiliate. Uh, Interesting. Uh, yes. No, I like Interesting. it. Uh, so anyway, Interesting. what I was starting to say was that talking about Dak Prescott being a kind of sneaky mm-hmm. MVP candidate in yeah. a weird way, just because that team is now trending up. They've, if they beat the Eagles as three-point dogs all of a sudden, they're right there for the one seed in the NFC. Dak cleaned up his stats. And another reason I like this bet on Dak, who's 50-1 to 1 to an MVP, and another reason I like Brandon Cooks, is that the Cowboys can't run the ball. I don't understand it, but yeah. they cannot run the ball. Tony Pollard cannot get anything going on the ground. So they're having to throw the ball. Um, they need multiple receivers. And I don't understand what's happened to Michael Gallup, where he gets 10 targets one week, and he's just not a part of the offense the next. But Brandon Cooks seems like he's in position to take advantage. Yeah, the Dallas offensive line, to answer your question, Jay, just... It's not been good in yeah. run-blocking situations. There's just no way around it. But obviously the beneficiaries of that can be guys in their pass game. Yeah. So, All right, the next one here, and this one you know, makes me happy. Saints wide receiver Rashid Shahid versus the Bears, 64% available. Jay texted me before the game loving Shahid's prop, and he smashed that. Three catches, 153 yards, and a touchdown. He's the big play threat of the Saints offense, Luigi. Yeah, and what you're hoping for, hey, if, you, if you say my, my name is Luigi. <laughs> there we go. I'll pick my spot. Let's, let's go. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, take a shot down to the field. Hey, Derek Carr, nice job. Hey, I just, the three of targets is the concern, right? The, what you're hoping for here is a little, uh, a little rational coaching. Right, hey, uh, this guy is a good. Why don't you play him a little bit tomorrow? You know, and that's uh, not to what's uh, happening so far. But you're hoping, you know, he leads uh, leads all the wide receivers in uh, yards, uh, you know, the yards of per target, right? And two of the last three games, he's uh, gotten uh, one of them uh, touchdowns. He's a, uh, yeah. So, you know, uh, Rashid Shaheed is, uh, is a guy that, uh, you know, you're hoping for the big play. Were people coming at you on Twitter last week because Shahid had a bad like, game? Two weeks ago, the worst yeah. part is they came at Matthew. <laughs> and, and it wasn't his sleeper, and they were yelling at him. Yeah. Uh, I will take the fall, but I won't because you should hold on to Shahid because he can have a big week like this. What I'm hoping for is that, you know, there's always this, you know, so they were yelling at me because Shahid didn't come through and that was your sleeper. I'm hoping that people yell at you for my costume and voice today. That's what I'm hoping. It'll probably happen. Yeah, yeah, there's you and Jay. You guys should have stopped it. You had a chance and you didn't. Rashid Shahid well, looks like the best <laughs> wide receiver on the Saints right now. I don't know what's happened to Chris Olave, what's going brutal. on there, but Shahid, he, he's the guy who gives that team right. uh, depth. The, the concern, like, you're, again, like, sort of, jo- voice aside, like, again, you're hoping for rational coaching here because you're like, this guy is clearly talented. Get him more snaps. It's super weird that last week was his season low in snap rate and routes run. And so I know he plays special teams. And so, again, we've talked about this. I don't know why he's not getting more run. Is it maybe there's a concern on, like, he doesn't have a, a expanded route tree and maybe they don't right. really feel comfortable with him doing a certain package of plays. But so, you know, I think there's going to be some inconsistency there. But, again, if this were just pure talent, he'd be higher on this list. But we feel better about the workload and volume that Dotson, Douglas, and then actually Cooks would get over Shahid. But talent-wise, like, again, he's a guy that only needs one play to make your week. Our next one here, Chargers wide receiver Quinton Johnston. He's got the Jets, who their corners could have taken a nap against the Giants. So we'll see how much the Chargers challenge them compared to are Tommy you, DeVito. Are you buying this with Quinton Johnston? Because I know it's one of the things no. we've talked about. This is a guy that was inconsistent and unpolished. But, you know, with Josh Palmer getting a little bit banged up, he suddenly – he had his – again, this is a bit of damning with faint praise, but he had his best game of the season right. for the Chargers. Again, Palmer leaves that game for a little bit. No Gerald Everett in that game. They're playing the Bears – 
But this is a guy that was a high draft pick for the Chargers that passing off and seems like it's getting on track. So where are you on Quentin Johnson? Pretty mixed and not still overly optimistic because everything went right for him to get opportunity, and he had a 5-for-50 day, which is you might need that in your flex right now. But the reality is the Jets' corners is a tough matchup. The reason you buy is because it's, it's a Justin Herbert-led offense, and right. he could be the number two. Like, you're always going to buy into that. But if I think Quentin Johnson's going to be this breakout, like we've seen with a lot of young players this year, I'm, I'm still not buying. Like, I wouldn't go out crazy with my fab budget in this situation. Yeah, I, I think probably more deeper leagues. I wanted to mention him because I've just seen him mentioned a lot in a lot of waiver wire uh, columns and, and, and shows and that kind of stuff. And just, I mean, again, to your point about the upcoming schedule. So you've got the Jets this week, then home to Detroit. Lions are pretty good defense at Green Bay. That's always a tough place to play, especially that'll be in November. And then home to Baltimore. And the Raven, right? So that's like there's not one matchup there that you feel great about, especially for a guy that is at best, at like the best case scenario is he's the third option on offense after Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler. And that's assuming Palmer is hurt again and no Gerald Everett. Right, And there's a scenario where he's the fifth or sixth guy on offense. Yep, I agree. And another guy who... It's probably at best the third best option on his own offense, but it may not matter as much as Khalil Shakir of the Bills, uh, who really broke out in a big way uh, in that Thursday night game against the Bucks. But I think with the amount that the Bills throw the ball, the fact that they seem to make a conscious decision to switch to more 11 personnel, uh, and the fact that Diggs garners so much attention and there is opportunity for others in that offense, I think that Shakir is a guy who could be uh, viable the rest of the way as a flyer. Uh, we'll see what happens with Gabe Davis. His role seemed to change as well. Dalton Kincaid uh, obviously garners targets as well. But the thing, the reason I like Shakir is that the Bills' upcoming schedule, like they have to play the rest of the season. They have these games on the slate. At Cincinnati, at Philadelphia, at Kansas City, Dallas, at the Chargers, at Miami. These games are going to be shootouts, and they're going to need to be throwing the ball, and I think Shakir can benefit Connor. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong at all, and I think you like the – this might sound crazy, but you like the PPR floor of Shakir in that offense because when they do – run out a slot there historically with Josh Allen they target the slot so I think when you look at Shakir there is a nice floor there it's a matter of what the ceiling can be and and, you know Connor this is something that you referenced and we've talked about this uh, over the last couple of weeks but the Bills have whether it's because of the injury to Dawson Knox whether it's because they're trying to get this offense going they um they've been playing 11 personnel a lot more 70 percent of plays in three straight games they've been in 11 personnel and so obviously that benefits Kincaid and Shakur uh, Shakir so uh, obviously along with Gabe Davis which is why I think Gabe Davis might not be a total fluke from last week I'm as well you. yeah they're going to be again a if they're in, if they're in 11 personnel and they're playing you know high tempo offense good things are going to happen when you've got Josh Allen at quarterback speaking of the Bills we'll get to Uncle Lenny in a little bit our last one here Packers wide receiver Jaden Reed against the Rams this week he's got uh, he's available in 83% of leagues. Week 8 against the Vikings, six targets, four catches, 83 yards here for Jaden Reed, Jay, who seems to be around in most leagues right now and, and has had a rapport with Jordan Love at times this year. He has, and we spoke on Fantasy Football pregame on Sunday about how potentially the jury was out on Jordan Love. I think the jury is very in now. He is not being good at all. We haven't seen anything from him this season really outside of the first couple of weeks. And so I think that this is a team that's kind of in a rebuilding mode at the moment. And I think that Jaden Reed, he is a guy who's going to get more run going forward. Christian Watson just hasn't happened for him this season. I don't really understand it. Romeo Dobbs hasn't been the guy that he was in that stretch when Watson was out. So I think there is opportunity on this team. Also, I don't think they're very good. So I think they're going to be throwing a lot. And Jaden Reed's the guy who's shown the most promise question for you yeah i agreed and by the way double did very quietly double did fantasy points in three of the last four so i mean again 
I don't think you really want to invest in the Packers offense at all. No. But again, if you're this far down the list and you need a guy, he uh, he certainly qualifies. They're home to the Rams this week and then at Pittsburgh. So it's not a schedule that that really it makes you that nervous. Then home to home to the Chargers as well. So three straight games against pass defenses that have struggled recently. So it's a nice schedule there for Jaden Reed. Who gets benched first for performance reasons among starting quarterbacks in the NFL? Jimmy Garoppolo, Jordan Love, or Desmond Ritter? Ritter. Ritter. Yeah, Ritter. I think think there's a chance. He came out, Arthur Smith came out and said um, that, you know, he was going to evaluate it this week. Yeah. And he was, it did seem like after the game they were like, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't. It wasn't performance related. Yeah, it was a lot of weird. But then he backtracked a little bit. Heineke was decent when he came in. His efficiency stats were fine. I think that he just, Ritter just hasn't shown enough. And I think there's just too much invested financially in Jimmy and then just from a team-wide kind of aspect with Jordan Love, the fact that they built this up system. I think they'll give Jordan Love the whole year to I fail. Agree. I almost think they'll give him all the next year, yeah, depending on how high they pick. It's kind of scary. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. Scary, I, I think it's, yeah. Garoppolo, I could see them like, I mean, because last night, we'll talk about that game coming up, but uh, that was brutal. The argument for Heineke is, is that the Falcons are alive in that race. The Falcons are very much alive in the NFC South. They're the so, favorites to win the division. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they're atrocious. Exactly. <laughs> it's an awful division. And, uh, you know, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, so they could just, if they think they've got a better chance to win with Heineke, which I, by the way, do. Yep. Like, he has, he'll, he'll it's, he's a little bit too much of a gunslinger, a little bit too much of a, um, a turnover machine. But on the other hand, like, I like, I think he, he'll push the ball down the field, and I think he gives them a better, better chance to win. And I will tell you that just from having watched him in Washington, the commanders played better with him despite the fact that being, there were more physically gifted quarterbacks on the team, Carson Wentz being the most obvious. Like, people like Taylor Heineke. Like, he's just a guy that in the locker room, like, lock, the, the team likes him. That just needs to be changed. Like, it's not working. The offense isn't yeah. working, so you just have to make a change. And Heineke may be better than Ritter, so you have to have a look and see. As long as we're on the Falcons, real quickly, I just want to take one moment to turn to the camera and say, uh, Andy Barons, you magnificent bastard. <laughs> you know, Andy Barons is a longtime friend of mine, and I'm so annoyed at him because he, you got to go search this out on Twitter, he dressed up as Arthur Smith uh, for Halloween, which is was just a brilliant, brilliant costume, and I would have done that if, it was Andy quite hadn't, good. if Andy hadn't beat me to it. Damn you, Andy Barons! <laughs> But thank God, instead, we got the backup. <laughs> yes, it's yeah. me, yeah. Luigi. Uh, yeah. Yeah, who yeah. cares about uh, Arthur Smith? Yeah. F Arthur Smith. Uh, F F Todd Zeal. I'd do, yeah. any- do anything for the Arthur Smith costume. Uh, Absolutely yes. anything. Yeah. <laughs> to, re- to recap. You know I should be a coach of the Falcons. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Give it yeah. the rocket to a Bijan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're already yeah. a better coach. It's a go. It's to, a go. To recap, Luigi's yes. week nine top wide receiver mm. waiver targets. Number one was Jahan. Dotson right at that 49% uh, mark. Pop Douglas because of the Kendrick Bourne ACL. Brandon Cooks, Rashid Shahid, big play threat. Quentin Johnson trying to seize onto that opportunity. Khalil Shakur involved in Buffalo's offense now, and Jaden Reed for the Packers. And with that, uh, we. Mama, mama mia, this is a good list. Mm, it is. They're moving on to the running backs here. Notable running backs on the bye for week nine. Denver's backfield of Javante Williams and Jaleel McLaughlin. 
Detroit, a very notable one, as David Montgomery tries to get healthy and Jameer Gibbs coming off two huge games. Jacksonville, Travis Etienne, he's been phenomenal this year. And, of course, for San Francisco, Christian McCaffrey. So, Jay, this is just oh, a – He's, a, he's a a the cream of the crop. This is a, a bimageddon of running backs this week almost. Absolutely. Christian McCaffrey, obviously, is the number one running back in fantasy. Travis Etienne quietly leading the league in carries. Uh, so a lot of people refer to options. a lot of people refer to Chris McCaffrey as the as the Todd Zeal <laughs> of fantasy running backs. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Just kind yes. of the, the best of the best, as that's it right. were. That's the right. kind of guy that you get towards. Yes. The kind of guy that wins. Takes awards. home the trophy. Takes home the trophy. <laughs> yes, exactly. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> a quick mention off the top here: Roshan Johnson of the Bears against the Saints. He's available in fifty percent of leagues. So kind of a toss up if he's out there for you, but definitely somebody to keep an eye on. And then another mention here, because we have to. It's a staple of the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. If you haven't picked up Tajay Spears by now, we don't know what else to tell you. So What's wrong with the Why don't you, you just listen? Brings us to Tajay Spears, who we've talked about on the show. Other guys that we've been talking about stashing for a while, they're still out there in way too many leagues. I don't understand this with Tajay Spears. How, 76% we've, of leagues. We've been begging you. We've been begging yeah. you for weeks. Pick up Tajay Spears. Why won't you listen to us? We do this every week. I was just going to say, what else can we say about Tajay Spears? Uh, why America's ignoring us? This is what I've learned. America's ignoring us because he's fifty-eight percent available. I have, I have begged America. <laughs> I've gotten on my proverbial hands and knees and said, "Please, pick up Tajay Spears. Why won't you listen to me? Why don't you love me?" Why, indeed? We've been why doing indeed? that so What's long. What's not to love? You see the seasonal wardrobe change. Like, we were yeah. almost in, like, summer-esque yeah. clothing, and then now yeah. we're bundled up. That's how we're wearing an Atlanta yeah. Flames yes, <laughs> sweater yes, at some right. point for NHL season. And, and I, wore that, I wore that Buffalo Bills sweatshirt to commemorate the one-year anniversary of <laughs> yeah. Jay and I's One, one Night, night in Buffalo. Buffalo. Of course, night in Buffalo. historic That night. magical night. Historic. Tajay Spears, historical. available in 51% of leagues. So that number is starting to trickle downward. Yeah. You might have time. If you don't, well, you didn't listen. Well, All we'll, right. Yeah, we'll, and we'll find out, by the way. Trade deadline's coming up at 4 o'clock. It doesn't look like that Derrick Henry's going to be moved, but you never know. Uh, you never know. And, again, he's still getting a decent amount of work. Even if Derrick Henry's still on that offense, the fact is, is that Tajay Spears is getting a decent amount of work. Henry does have some injury concerns, and that offense suddenly looks rejuvenated under Will Levis. Hell, yeah. yeah so we will see. They, they have the Thursday night game against the Steelers this week. All right, our next one here, Rams running backs. Daryl mm. Henderson, 55% available. And Royce Freeman, who's looked good, 78% available. They have Green Bay and then the bye week. Week 8 against Dallas when you look at um, this crew as well. 12 rushes, 31 yards, 3 catches for 54 yards for Henderson. I think something to keep an eye on, though, with this, guys, is that Matthew Stafford is day-to-day with a sprain in his right thumb, which would kind of make you a little afraid of the Rams' run game in terms of the lack of threat under center. A little bit, although they could, you could argue that they maybe they lean, they lean, on, it, they lean right. on the and that the lack of efficiency is made up for with increased volume because they're going to want to run the ball. And by the way, that's exactly what they've been doing. These guys have touched the ball a lot in the last two games. Thirty-four touches over the last two for Daryl Henderson. Freeman has twenty-one over the last two. They've each scored a touchdown in these two weeks. Freeman got it last week. Henderson got it two weeks ago as well. And. We're going to, at the end of this segment, we'll show you where I rank all these running backs. But just while we're here, I prefer still Henderson to Freeman. I get it. Freeman played uh, a few more snaps than Henderson, 30-28 to last week, and he got the touchdown. But I will say that Daryl Henderson also got a goal-to-go carry. He just was down at the two. He got it from, like, the five, and then they brought in Freeman. I don't know how indicative that is of something going forward. And, by the way, 
Daryl Henderson involved in the passing game. He had three receptions for 54 yards, so that's why I prefer Henderson to Freeman. Is just the usage is about the same. I don't know that we have enough information to say this one is definitely the goal line back versus the other one. And so Henderson's passing game usage is what puts him over Freeman for me. It's worth noting they play the Packers this week, then they're on a bye. Then they're home to Seattle, which is a tough run defense, and Kyron Williams could be back around that time as well. So this is a little bit of a short-term rental, but aren't we all? Yep. And I think that going up against the Packers, that game is uh, Packers a field goal favorite, so expecting that to be close enough that there can be uh, a run game script there. And also, good news on Stafford that you know I was expecting yesterday maybe it'd be you know a tear and he's going on IR and maybe that could still be in play but it seems like there is some optimism that it won't be super long term but we'll monitor that our next one Jay Bills running back newly signed to the practice squad Leonard Fournette the Bills have the Bengals it's no guarantee that Fournette will be called up and be active this week but he is out there on the waiver wire pretty much across majority of leagues. Yeah, huge range of outcomes possible Correct. with Leonard Fournette. There is a chance that he's just not a thing at all, and he just won't have any relevance uh, for fantasy, for the Bills, and he's just a depth option. There's also the chance that he's the number one running back on what could be the best offensive football the rest of the season. So those are your range of outcomes. I do think my best guess would be that he gets passing game work and he gets the goal line work that was going to Latavius Murray. I think he's been sitting on his couch for so long that I think that he would only sign for an opportunity that he knew that he was going to play. So I lean more towards the positive uh, spectrum on Lenny, but certainly a uh, huge range of outcomes. It really depends on what your team needs. If you need a guy for this week, you're like, listen, I, I, I have McCaffrey and Etienne on a bye, which, by the way, if you do, good for you. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, if you're sitting there like, hey, due to injuries and bye weeks, I just I need somebody this week, Fournette's not your guy. But if you're feeling pretty good about where you're at, I think Fournette, he comes in high for me because the range of outcomes can potentially be so high. Again, this is somebody who's been out there on the street for quite some time. And so why is that? Is that because teams haven't wanted to sign him? I mean, the Patriots kicked the tires on him. He's had a couple of visits. So is he out of shape? Or is it to your point, Jay, that he's just like, you know what? I want to wait at this stage of my career. I want a Super Bowl with the Bucks. I'd like another shot at another title. Let me just wait till the right situation, team, role, et cetera, et cetera. And so here comes the Bills that have Damian Harris hurt. And Latavius Murray, I tweeted this out. Ian Hart has put this out. Um, he does the sheesh report every week, which is about missed opportunities. And Latavius Murray has had four goal-to-go carries where he has not scored not only on not those carries, but in also on that drive. So it's not like he got one, went down, and then he was able to convert it again. So I wonder if Fournette, who's a better pass catcher than Latavius Murray, to your point, Jay, I agree with your analysis, which is that he could get the Latavius Murray role plus some of the passing down work that they have James Cook in. So uh, for whatever reason, they haven't fully committed to Cook. And maybe Fournette, who does have this championship pedigree, who is very good in pass pro, yeah. um, who is, uh, who is you know, can play all three downs. You know, there's a, to your point, there's a chance, and maybe it's a 10% chance, but there is a chance at some point this season he's the lead running back on one of, if not the best offense in football. And so for me, that upside is worth grabbing and stashing right now. Just understand that, like, you, he also might be never called up and you might be dropping him in three weeks. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as well, with the difficulty of the Bills' schedule that I mentioned, like, I think he's just going to be in the guy in a lot of two-minute drills where this offense is just constantly trying to score. Certainly think that uh, he could provide a lot of value. And especially, Jay, back to your point that if they're in shootouts, 
I mean, he could be the one benefiting from a lot of that in, yep. in goal line situations. Our next one here, Cardinals running back Imari DiMercato against the tough Browns defense. He's available in 64% of leagues against Baltimore. DiMercato got 20 carries for 78 yards. He also caught one pass for one yard. Kind of a weird thing to sprinkle in here, guys, is that Clayton Toon is expected to start for the Cardinals this week. What do you think he's going to be like? First up against I, the Browns defense. I think very play. safe. A lot of quick game. Atune's a guy that threw the ball a ton in college, so it's, this isn't going to be something that he's not used to. But you, you can't have him taking deep drops against this Browns pass rush. You're setting him up for disaster. But the good news is when you, uh, that probably benefits some guys on the Cardinals offense. Yeah, I mean, listen, to, uh, like he was part of a um, – uh, Clayton Toon, right? He played at Houston with Tank Dell. He was Tank Dell's guy. Tank had like 180 targets. I mean, a thousand yeah. percent. And honestly, like uh, when I was at the NFLPA rookie premiere, I spoke to both Clayton Toon and Tank Dell about each other, and both could not have been more effusive about the connection they had and just what kind of a competitor Tank Dell talking to me about what kind of a competitor Clayton Toon is. And so we'll see. They were going to try to ramp up Kyler Murray, but the reports are, and it was weird because after the game, Jonathan Gannon said, hey, no, we're sticking with Josh Dobbs. And then a little bit later, it came out, like Monday morning, it was just like, actually, it's either going to be Clayton Toon or Kyler Murray. And so, does Josh Dobbs get dealt? I think you're on to something You know what I mean? Like, again, because they probably can't find a trade partner for Kyler Murray at the moment, right? You know, with his contract. They probably want to – people want to see him play. The Cardinals are very much in the, uh, you know, in the conversation to have a shot at Caleb Williams or Drake May, right? And so – you know, there's a lot of, you know, right. and the guys that drafted Kyler Murray aren't there. He was a Kingsbury guy. And so could they be like, maybe there's a purpose in starting Clayton Toon. And not rushing And Kyler. not rushing Kyler Murray, uh, you know, and so we'll see. Uh, opportunity here for the guy. The other thing that's important to note here is, so they play Cleveland. Then they're home to Atlanta, which in theory is still a good defense. I know last week was tough, but it's still a good defense, although they lost Grady Jarrett. At Houston, that's not an easy matchup. And then they're home to the Rams. So it's not a great schedule coming up here. Really interesting to see what happens with uh, with Clayton Toon. We'll talk more about what you're going to do with the, the Marquise Browns and the Trey McBrides of the world uh, as we get later into the week. Uh, but, yeah, that's a really interesting one. Because why Josh Dobbs has value, and, like, why wouldn't you – Trade him for a for a three or be, something like he'd that. He'd be the best quarterback on the Vikings or the Jets. One hundred percent. And it's also just right by the player too, right? Yeah. Like, Josh Dobbs is not a part of the Cardinals' long term future. He's not. They drafted Clayton Toon to be a long term backup for them, and whether Kyler or a top three pick is their future, that means Josh Dobbs doesn't is right. relevant to and, this franchise. And he's played well. He I mean, has. He has, deserves he played great, but he he has shown that he can he should be a. If not a starting quarterback, he should be a top backup in this 100%. league. I don't know that he's a starting quarterback necessarily in this league, but he, you know what I mean. Like he's, there are people much worse than with him that with jobs in the NFL. Yep. So I would um, love to see him on the Vikings offense with Justin Jefferson back yeah. in a couple of weeks and Jordan yeah. Addison. Uh, I, I think he could definitely lead them. To he, the I can't be fully objective. He is literally one of my favorite players in the NFL. One of my, I, like I said, I go to the NFLPA rookie premiere every single year. I've done it for like seven years. I interview forty to forty-five kids every single year. And over seven years, like, there's five or six guys that I remember that interview with. I just loved that guy, and Josh Dobbs is one of those guys who I just absolutely love. So I'm rooting for Josh Dobbs here. Um, as for Amari DiMicardo, yeah, Luigi, he like Amari. Amari, um, he's my guy. Here's the issue. Here's the, the, the issue. Here's the issue. Right there, he played Cleveland this week. Uh, okay. 
And uh, then a week after that, the James O'Connor can come back. I'm a little nervous about my Amari. <laughs> Luigi, you're nervous about Amari. Wouldn't go crazy for Amari. Yeah, I agree. All right. <laughs> All right. The other, the weird thing here, just normal voice for a second. The, nor- the weird thing about Amari DiMarcardo is, so he's been getting the touches, right? 39 over the past two weeks, getting a ton of work. But then also, Keontae Ingram ran twice as many routes. We thought DiMarcardo was the third down back. Well, last week, he saw four of the six snaps inside, and this is Keontae Ingram, four of the six snaps inside the 10-yard line. He ran twice as many routes. Like, they were using DiMarcardo as, like, the every down back, and then... Conte Ingram, like, is the third. And now with Clayton Toon, and, like, who knows? Sure, if you're truly desperate. I mean, you know, yeah. and Cleveland hasn't been Cleveland recently. The last two weeks, the defense hasn't looked as dominant as we've seen. But I I don't know. I mean, just any running back who gets 20 carries in a game generally just has to be rostered has until right, sure. they lose that job. Uh, and also, the fact that he was able to get 20 carries in a game that they were effectively losing the entire time, uh, I think that bodes well as well. But yeah, not super inspiring, and it'll be James Conner's role when he's back. Our next running back, Devin Singletary from the Texans, who, Jay, he officially finds himself in a split backfield with Damian Pierce. It's been trending this way. They are officially splitting touches. It, yeah, it has been trending that way. And look, I don't think you're super excited about either of these guys. I think the main upshot of Singletary getting more work is that it's just bad news for Damian Pierce as opposed to good news for anyone who has Devin Singletary because I just think that that is going to be a divide. And, I mean, I'm not very excited about starting Singletary in my flex, Matthew. Nor should you be. Uh, we actually saw Mike Boone get some work. right? I mean, so it's like now it's like it's a three-headed committee on an offense that hasn't been, even when they've been rolling, even when the Texans' offenses look good, they haven't been able to run the ball effectively. And we thought at the beginning of the year, well, it's because their offensive line was banged up. Maybe they're just, maybe it's just not a good run game. And maybe just, you know, C.J. Stroud is good enough and they, their wide receivers are winning one-on-one matchups. And so, but, I mean, look, he had, you know, he just didn't do a ton here. He saw, um, uh, he saw only, they had seven snaps inside the 10-yard line. Singletary got only two of them. It's not a great matchup with the Buccaneers this week. They allow the seventh fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs. And, you know, so we're mentioning him because he's out there, but uh, more to say, like, hey, I'm not super excited about this. By the way, I'm so effing pissed at this run game in general because Damian Pierce, like, I'm in a, I'm in a guillotine league. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm a cut. I'm a dead. <laughs> Luigi is a dead. Not in our guillotine league, guy. No, but the one that I care about, the guillotine <laughs> league that I care about, Thanks, with a, it's with a bunch of celebrities and <laughs> VIPs and the people that are investors, and investors, in, investors in FantasyLife.com. And so uh, I'm still alive in our league, you know, and I'm still alive in a league. I'm in a guillotine league with a bunch of the, my old uh, ESPN buddies. Uh, I'm killing them. That's fine. That's uh, easy. But the league that I care about. With the big people. With the big people, uh, right. You guys are the little people. <laughs> the, the one with the big people, I just got cut last night, and... All I needed was uh, Damien Pierce. He scores a touchdown, and then it gets called back. And then they have another one-yard call, Gary, and they give it to C.J. Stroud. So Andrew Beck, their, their fullback, gets the second carry when Pierce gets in, and then they call it, overturn it. And then, and then they come in close, and then they give it to C.J. Stroud as opposed to Damien Pierce. If he, if he gets one of those touchdowns, I survive. If Josh Jacobs doesn't score last night, because the guy that – it was between me and one other guy, and, you know, he – the touchdown that Josh Jacobs put him over the top. If he doesn't get that touchdown, I survive. But, of course, the Lions' vaunted run defense can't stop stupid Josh Jacobs from getting in the end zone. So, I'm a bitter. I'm a bitter Luigi. 
I'm a sad. <laughs> I, I ate to my feelings. Our last running back, Zach Hello. Charbonnet, he's got Baltimore this no. week. <laughs> 58% available, and the Charbonnet coming off a week where he outsnapped Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker was banged up coming into this game. Um, so Charbonnet, definitely a, you know, a guy that you can pick up, and if Walker remains banged up, he's going to be involved. He's averaging 5.8 yards per carry so far this season. Pete Carroll talked him up quite a bit on the, uh, you know, in a press conference recently. Now, again, Pete Carroll talks everyone up, but the fact is this is a really talented kid that came out of college that we really liked and that had he landed in a different situation, we'd have been over more. And so Pete Carroll's not scared to say, like, you know, hey, you're the guy now, you're the guy now. And so, again, uh, his role this week would be uncertain at Baltimore and you don't love the matchup. But if you're in the Leonard Fournette, hey, I'm just grabbing someone to stash because I think He's got massive upside compared to a lot of these. Like, if I'm just if I'm grabbing and stashing, I much prefer him to the Singletary's, De Mercado's, even the Rams guys, right? Because I think Kyron Williams comes back. Let's look right now at at the Luigi's rankings. Yeah, let's look at how I put them up in order here. The Week Nine top running back waiver targets: Roshan Johnson, Tajay Spears, Daryl Henderson, Leonard Fournette, Imari De Mercado, Royce Freeman, Motor Singletary. And finally, Zach Charbonnet, if you need to stash. With that, we'll no, I get Zach Charbonnet is if, if you need somebody this week, okay. Zach Charbonnet is there at eight. But if you needed someone to stash, I'd put him right up there with uh, Leonard Fournette. Okay. I'd actually put him uh, uh, ahead, you know, right there tied with Fournette, like because they both have massive upside. I might have even put him ahead of uh, Fournette actually because he's currently on the roster, and you know we know he can play. And we've he, seen Kenneth Walker get banged up through a thousand percent already. A thousand so, percent. As we move over to the quarterback list here, Sam Howell, Derek Carr, Baker Mayfield, Gardner Minshew, Will Levis. I think we have to talk about Will Levis. So we'll get there in a second. Jay, let's start with Sam Howell, who was impressive against the Eagles. Yeah, I think Sam Howell needs to be rostered. This team is going to continue to need to throw the ball, particularly because they're gutting their already suspect defense. And if Sam Howell can only get sacked once against the Eagles, that's a great sign going forward. To your point, he was just quicker processing everything, uh, and he we're still waiting for the value to really come with his legs. Since week four, he's the fourth best quarterback in fantasy football. Future Hall of Famer Sam Howell. I don't know how many times i got to say it. Barry, how about Derek Carr coming off a big week, and now he's got the Bears? He's had over 300 passing yards in three straight games, and to your point about the Bears, they give up the third most passing yards, fifth most fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. I don't believe Chris Olave is going to be this bad. Like, he had just a brutal drop where it just hit him in the helmet. Like, he's going to get right as well. So, Derek Carr, who they're letting him throw. They're letting him throw, and if he throws a dump off to Alvin Kamara and he, Calvin Kamara runs 15 yards, that counts uh, as passing yards. So, yeah, Carr comes in at number two in the waiver wire. Jay, Baker Mayfield, quite simply with him, he's just dropping back a ton in this Bucks offense right now. Yeah, he's like a slightly wealthier man's Gardner Minshew, where he'll get you the <laughs> stats. It's not pretty. It's not that effective, but he's good for 250 yards and a touchdown. Well, speaking of Gardner Minshew, Barry, he's available in 84% of leagues, and as Jay said, it feels like he's good for at least two touchdowns every week right now. He's averaging over 40 pass attempts in his four starts this season. Again, they are just throwing. The Colts are, like we talked about with the Cowboys, they can't have a normal game. The Colts just can't have a normal game, but it's, it feels like they're letting them just, you know, Minshew mania, and it's crazy, and it's, he's got total job security. Like, it's not pretty. He's had nine turnovers the last three games, but he's also had over 300 yards in two of the last three. As the run game gets going, that's opening up. Josh Downs has become a thing. Obviously, Michael Pittman's a star, so you're not super scared about Carolina this week. Panthers played pretty good defense last week, but let's see him do it against the Colts. And then, the home, then they, uh, they have a home game against New England. That's the Germany game. So a uh, decent schedule for Minshew uh, prior to the bye. 
Finally, Jay, Will Levis coming off a week where he was just throwing bombs. Three of his four touchdowns come on passes of 15-plus air yards. He's out there in pretty much every, every redraft league right now. Are you buying in that Levis can stay hot? No, I'm skeptical on Levis. They had a 29.4% success rate passing through the air, so hugely dependent on those big plays, breakdowns in the secondary. I think he's worth picking up if he's there to put on your bench. Certainly, super flex leagues, you should pick him up, but I, don't, I think Levis will come back down to earth. Maybe, but I'll also say this, that, again, if you have starting quarterbacks and you're just sort of, like, again, just picking up a guy for upside, after Sam Howell, I'd prefer him to any of the guys we just mentioned because maybe he struggles. He could be good. He could be great. Like, right. we, we have no idea. This is a guy that was – so much of the narrative around the draft was because he, quote, dropped. But, again, like, this is a guy with a cannon for an arm, you know, who has good receivers on his team, and they have a strong enough run, run game that they can't – just, you know, play back. They're going to have – so, anyway, there's a chance that Levis is good. If he balls out against Pittsburgh on Thursday night, which he could, like, I think he's worth a shot if you're looking for upside down the road. Let's take a look at tight end waiver targets, starting with Cardinals' Trey McBride against the Browns, Commander's tight end Logan Thomas against the Patriots, Saints, of course, Taysom Hills out there against the Bears. Trey McBride is somebody that we've talked about a week ago that we said – when the Zach Ertz injury happened, we said, go get him. He, he was on this show last week. 20% of you listened to you, of us, 80% didn't. He's still 80% available. This is not a fluke. The Cardinals rank second in tight end target share this year. That offense targets the tight end, and especially with a rookie under center, if it's Clayton Toon, you'd expect him to look to Trey McBride quite a bit with Zach Ertz out. 14 targets in week eight, an 88% route participation. He's out there a ton, and so Trey McBride, I think this is somebody that I would be aggressive on the waiver wire to go grab. I'd also be aggressive with Tyson Hill. I think this is just going to be a thing. He continues to be a part of the offense. The touchdowns are a little bit fluky with the volume they're coming up, but he's going to be a part of the offense, and they have a super easy schedule going forward. I appreciate you also leaving Logan Thomas for me, who very quietly is an eight, a top eight tight end in terms of fantasy points per game this season. He's had at least 40 receiving yards in five of seven. They play the Patriots. They don't scare you. If you need a defense, the Falcons got Minnesota. We'll see if Jaron Hall starts that game. The Patriots have the Commanders, the Giants offense, which the Giants defense, which will have that Raiders. We'll get into the Raiders a little bit. 94% available is that Giants defense. It has a really nice three-week stretch. And, of course, if you're picking up anybody that we just went through on today's show, you need to make a drop. Here's droppable players rostered in over 50% of leagues. Matthew Stafford dealing with the thumb sprain. Jordan Love's been bad. Miles Sanders, Romeo Dobbs, Elijah Moore, and Tyler Higby. So with that, we will take our first break, and we hope you weren't holding a lead versus Jameer Gibbs going into Monday Night Football. Because, boy, would it be scary for you. With that, we'll be back with the Monday Night Football Breakdown. Look at that shot of Todd Zeal as we go to break. (laughs) Poor Todd. Poor me. San Francisco, Denver. <laughs> oh god. It took me a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no right. reaction. No reaction. I was busy doing prep. That's Penn State Blake. Penn State Blake going for his revenge. Penn State Blake waited behind this video game machine for like a half hour yes. for me to come into the studio. It took me a while to get into the, the Luigi outfit. And then I'm sitting here doing my prep, as you see, before the show. A lot of people think I just sit down 30 seconds before the show and make it all up. But the truth is, I'm here at least in a minute and a half to two minutes before the show. Uh, So, yeah, I was just doing a little prep. And, yeah, tried to scare me. But you know what? 
Ice water in the veins. Ice water in the veins. Exactly. Luigi TB12. Exactly. I'm George Gervin. I'm the Iceman, man. I'm, I am. I'm, I'm like Tom Brady. I'm. Uh, it's a me. It's a Luigi. You can't scare me. I, I face the Donkey Kong and the dragons and uh, uh, Penn State to Blake is a nothing to me. Yeah. I'll tell you who was scared. Everybody that had to face Jameer Gibbs on Monday Night Football. Jameer Gibbs. Oh, that's a good. Segment. Drinks free right there. How did Todd Zeal win that Emmy? <laughs> it's outrageous. It's tough. It's tough. I got. I got robbed. Uh, Rob, Rob, it's tough, uh, but right, I'm back yes. here and ready to roll. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Jameer Gibbs, monster game. Dave Montgomery down. This is from James Coe, who always draws up some great stuff. James. Yeah. Your lead going into Monday Night Football, Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. Giant sea monster. Oh, Giant my seems... God. That is um, unbelievable game. Yeah, you've ruined a lot of weeks for people. Uh, or maybe. I mean, but here, here's what's exciting, right? So, Dave Montgomery's been out, and he's now had over 100 yards from scrimmage in back-to-back games. Uh this is the fifth most touches by a player in a game this season. Again, that was one of the concerns from Dan Campbell and the coaching staff was, could Jameer Gibbs handle a massive workload? Obviously, test passed. You know what I mean? Like, he, he was everything that everyone who drafted him this year hoped he would be and so much more. Campbell, after the game, quote, I think the more he gains his own confidence and his abilities in this league, he's just going to continue to grow. And I think this was kind of the tip of the iceberg, which is exciting. Now, they're on a buy. They're on a buy this week. Dave Montgomery's going to come back and take a piece of this as well. So this is likely Jameer Gibbs' best game of the season as long as Dave Montgomery's healthy the rest of the year. But you know, he went from a guy that you're like, I don't know if I can start him with Dave Montgomery out to now like, it's. I think it's going to be one A one B with him and Montgomery back just because you don't put that genie back in the bottle. Yep, no, hundred percent agree. I think he's going to be must start every single week. Easy matchup against the Raiders, but they have a really easy schedule the rest of the way anyway. So I think Gibbs. I think I'd rather have Gibbs than Montgomery the rest of the way. Well, you could have been celebrating the night for Jameer Gibbs. You might have been banging your head against the desk as Devontae Adams has 2.1 points, comes in as wide receiver 100 on the weekend. Adams said, I wish I had words to say something that's not going to get blown up in the media or taken out of context. He should have had 160 yards and two touchdowns. He was wide open on two big – I mean, that, that's what's a killer. Like, you know, like air yards leader. Like, I mean, yeah. it's unbelievable. Yep. Like, wide open and just – doesn't come anywhere close. I mean, as you see it here on your screen, like, there's Devontae Adams, like, oh, underthrown. He should have had a touchdown right there. There's another one on that, and I'm sure, I'm guessing this is the next play that we'll see, where he's, like, he's wide open, down the, he's streaking down the sideline, ah, not even close. Uh, and here's another one, streaking down the sideline, he's wide open, he's got his guy beat, like, no one's in, within, like, 10 feet of him, and just doesn't even come, he comes over to the sideline, he's very, very angry. I can't believe I left Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers to come to this mess. That's what I think he was saying. I don't know what you – you have to hope they make a change at quarterback or Devontae Adams gets traded between now and 4 o'clock because otherwise, what are you going to do? But you got to keep rolling them out there because it won't stay the same. It can't. It's a suck, sir. <laughs> Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code BERRY when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Back to the futures. It's that time of the week, Jay. I know you got a long shot in one of those suit coat pockets. What do you got? <laughs> I do, Connor. It's in the Offensive Rookie of the Year market. I'm taking Bryce Young at 55-1. to 1. He's quietly turned the corner lately. CJ Stroud's starting to show some chinks in the armor. So I think that Bryce Young, even though he is coming from pretty far back, I think that he can catch him. 
listen, the, the crown is yours. Uh, the Luigi is yours. I'm oh. here for America. All right. How about Kevin O'Connell for Coach of the Year? It's 60 to 1. 60 to 1. Look, they're 4 and 4. Jaron Harrell might be decent. Like, we have no idea. Like, Will Levis, Brock Purdy, Anthony Richardson, CJ Stroud, all of them rookie quarterbacks with questions when they came in the league, all of them performed. So, um, if, look, six of their final games Atlanta, New Orleans, Denver, Chicago, Vegas, Green Bay, those are all winnable games that they could do. So, if he gets in the playoffs, think about this, right? Again, like, there, that seventh seed is wide open. You've got the South team. You've got, you know, whatever. Anyway, you've, we're out of time. <laughs> Give me Kevin O'Connell for 60-1. to 1. If they make the playoffs, I think he, he has a real shot at winning uh, Coach of the Year, and I think they've got a legit shot to still make the playoffs. Agreed. These guys like the long shots. I'll take a layup here. Saints to make the playoffs is minus 150. This division stinks. I'm not afraid of their schedule. I'm not afraid of the Falcons. I think Derek Carr is back on track. I like the Saints to make the playoffs. Uh, it's a closing time, but you can't just stay here, but you gotta go home. Go get a drink of some treata for, uh, for, uh, Todd Zeal and the uh, Rich Cotite. I'm a Luigi. Hasta la vista.